The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, books can come in all shapes, sizes and genres, but over half of the people in Ireland, 55% enjoy reading a lot, 30% enjoy reading somewhat, and only 15% say they don't enjoy reading at all. So what is it about books that entices to sit down and read? Well, to tell us about her three favourite books is former meteorologist with Metair and Evelyn Cusack. Evelyn, good morning. Thanks, Pat. Good morning. Uh, You've always been a reader, I suspect. I have, yeah. Although not as a child, actually, my favourites were comics. You know, my mother was my teacher. Yeah, she used to go mad. But, you know, comics were useful. Uh, DC, Superman. And, you know, I learned about Speed of Light and all that stuff. Really? So you got your scientific education from from the comics? Yeah. So kids nowadays, they don't read that much, some of them. But Harry Potter was great for children reading. Sure. And um, there were elements of science um, in Harry Potter as well. Make people curious about the potions that might uh, create something magical or uh, the electricity that might be contained in a magic wand. That's right. Yeah. Now, um, what have you chosen as your three favourite books? Well, I suppose the first one is is a science book, I'm afraid. (laughs) Bill Bryson, but he's very famous. He's a very funny writer and he normally does travel books. So this is a short history of nearly everything. And I've read it pretty much when it came out actually and in 2004 it won the Royal Society Prize for the best science book and he got £10,000 for it and he donated that to the Great Ormond's Children's uh, Charity but uh, it's it's really very funny and um, when I proposed it to my, my book club, which was consisted of my sisters and sisters-in-law, yeah. they actually voted to expel me because yeah. they were not reading this. So I had to plead my case that it was a book club. It wasn't a novel club. So, yeah. so they, they kept me in. Now, now, the book is very interesting because Bill Bryson, um, the inspiration for the book was something he was looking at an aeroplane and realised, I don't understand how that gets up in the air. Yeah. How does it work? He, he was looking out the window and he said, like, why, how is the earth so round and the atmosphere? And I'm looking down at clouds and, and as you said, how is the airplane like this? And then he realised, you know, I live in this amazing world and I not, know nothing about it. So he set on a quest of finding out and he spent three years doing research, talking to, of course, everybody's, you know, all the scientists spoke to him because he's funny and famous. Yeah. Now, uh, do you have any particular pieces that you want to draw our attention yeah, to? Yeah, well, I wanted to to kind of entice people by his very opening. He says, welcome and congratulations. I'm delighted that you could make it. Getting here wasn't easy. Not one of your pertinent ancestors was squashed, devoured, drowned, starved, untimely wounded or otherwise deflected from life's quest of delivering a tiny charge of genetic material to the right partner at the right moment to perpetuate the only possible sequence of hereditary combinations that could result astonishingly in you. And he says a long human life adds up to only 650,000 hours. Then your atoms will close you down, silently disassemble and go off to be other things. (laughs) So, I mean, that's immediately hooked. And I was just uh, saying there, um, you know, it was in 2004, there's a lot of brilliant stuff in it. And obviously science has progressed a little bit. But as, as you know, I've just retired. So I've been reading a lot more. And I've just finished your friend Luke O'Neill's Humanology. Humanology yeah. And I got that as a present in 2018, which I didn't read. So um you know, there's a lot of precedent things in that that we, we could have done pre-pandemic. So that's a brilliant book. If if Bill Bryson is a bit 
old for people, I'd recommend Humanology. Mm. Now, let's go back in time to a yes. book that was written in 1871. I know. Again, my book club were a bit despairing. <laughs> um, so Middlemarch by George Eliot. And, you know, I've been, this is, I, why did I agree to this interview, Pat? It's like preparing for the leaving cert. <laughs> um, uh, it's been described as one of the best novels ever written. So, you know, I'm giving it out to people. But I mean, if anybody based on my recommendation looks at it, the Penguin Classics have it for a few euro. They say, no way, there's 850 pages in it. Yeah. So it is a bit daunting. But George Eliot published it in eight parts, in eight actual books. So there's about 110 at a time. So if we take it in sections, based on talking to you now, I'm going to read it again. So I'm uh, looking forward okay. to it. Now, George Eliot was not George. George Eliot was Mary Ann Evans. Um, and uh, there, there were a lot of women writers at that time, but, you know, there, it was kind of more Mills and Boone stuff, I think, you know, which are, are very good, yeah. but there, it's but not... But to write book. literary fiction, she changed her name. Yeah, but I, I thought um, it was actually because, you know, as a woman, she wouldn't be taken seriously. But doing my research for you now in the last week... Uh, it was really not to draw attention to the scandal of her relationship with uh, George Lewis, who was a married man. But like, it wasn't his fault because his wife had run off with somebody else. So and he just couldn't get a divorce. But it was a love match between Mary Ann and George. So she thought her book wouldn't be accepted if it was by this scandalous woman. So she changed her name to George Eliot. Now, um, the, the plot here is not scientific. Um, no, but actually, um, her, herself and, and George, uh, they moved in a scientific circle. You know, in 1870, it was sort of nearly the beginning of science, mm -hmm. if you like, in, in that sense, and the beginning of railroads. Mm -hmm. Or, sorry, that was where the book was set in the 1830s, the beginning of railroads and the beginning of medicine. But um, she has a sort of scientific view, which, yeah, it appeals to me. Very logical. Um, it can be a bit hard to get into. I have never read it and I'm going to make a point now of reading it. But once you're caught up in it, the plot becomes intriguing. Well, well it was it was recommended to me by a journalist. I said, I want a really good book with, you know, that's literature, but that's bloody good read, if you'll excuse yeah. my French, you know, a page turner. And this is the page turner. But we need to get past the hump that it's written in slightly arcane language. And as I said, uh, on the internet, there's actually video uh, videos now on how to read Middlemarch. So take it one book at a time. And I've, I've, and it said, get a nice edition. And I actually have one. Again, it was a present for my 50th birthday, the Everyman edition. And as I brought it in to show you, like, and and get get a book with big big you know text. Yeah, yeah it can be intimidating. It can be intimidating. Microscopic like text. Like a hundred pages at a time, and take oh. your time. And look at should the weather isn't great at the <laughs> moment, so you know we could. It would do a lot worse than read yeah. Middlemarch. Reading indoors, anyway, instead of by the pool. Could, could, could I just say, um, you know, the, the main character is Dorothea, which um, it, it, she's a, a wonderful character. And it starts off about St. Teresa and then that St. Teresa did reform the Carmelites. So Dorothea wants to do something brilliant with her life. But could have we time to read just the yeah, three sure. sentences for the last paragraph. You know, Dorothy's whole quest is to have a meaningful life. But to me, the final paragraph uh, gives us all hope and consolation. And just very briefly, the growing good of the world is partly dependent on, on 
unhistoric acts and that things are not so ill with you and me as they might have been is half owing to the number who live faithfully a hidden life and rest in unvisited tombs. So yeah. we don't have to have a brilliant life to matter. We affect people. Now, someone who's had a, a brilliant life, Kazu Ishiguro, the author of your final choice, Clara and the Sun, oh and science figures here. Yeah, oh my God. I, and I, I just went to see Oppenheimer the other night and, and Kazu, Kazu's mother was was in um, Nagasaki ah. and she escaped and it just struck me. Imagine, you know, of the thousands that died, you know, like she then gave birth to this. He's won, what, the Booker? The Booker, Booker Prize. He's won uh, the Nobel Prize and this is amazing. And this, this uh, was shortlisted for the 2021 book. And just briefly, Pat, congratulations to the four Irish authors. Yeah, Four out of 13. Fantastic. Amazing. I didn't pick an Irish one. It's like your children. You you, you can pick one. But look, this is kind of about an AI uh, robot, if you like. I don't give away anything, but it's gene editing. And but basically it's about love. Clara and the Sun, Please it read is called. It. Uh, one of our texters, Des Langford in Limerick, says, As an inveterate reader since I was five and an occasional comic book artist, I'm delighted to hear that <laughs> Evelyn is a fan of both comics and Bill Bryson. There are entire universes in those pages. Yes, brilliant. So yeah. there you are. Evelyn, thank you very much for joining <laughs> us you. with your uh, selection of three books that mean a lot to you. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.